Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with a special guest today. His name is Oren Connor, and he's my pastor, and he's Clint's pastor as well. Hello, everyone. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, he's got his work cut out for him with Clint and I. Sure. And, it's a full-time uh, job. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the thoughts that pop in my head when I press that record button are yeah, somewhat alarming. It is. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something at you, and I don't want you to uh, I don't want to embarrass you, but this happened a few years back. <laughs> I'm wondering if you can think of what I'm about to say. All right, let's see. It was after church, and uh, you were talking to someone. Okay. And I can't, and I walked behind you. Oh, I, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. And I walked behind you and I pinched your butt. You had a real problem back then, Zach. I'm glad I'm glad God sanctified you from that a bad habit. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done that since. It was yeah, because I I rebuked you for it. <laughs> so Zach had this problem. It wasn't with the lady, it was only with a couple of his close friends or guys he trusted. He would just walk by and give you a little pinch. And I was like, Dude, what did you just do? I'm at church <laughs> talking to my members. Yeah, and so I think You're he was talking a, to a very wise. I think, person. I think you realized at that point. I need to. I need to stop. <laughs> I need to stop doing this. I probably shouldn't pinch the butt of the overseer yeah. of my soul. <laughs> So. <laughs> I was more embarrassed for you and for any church members that may have noticed this. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I was fine. Like it was it didn't bother me that much, but yeah. whatever. So <laughs> I'm 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 glad you gotten past that, Zach. Yeah, yeah. It's good for everyone. So Angela had a and you know what? I have not figured out if I'm gonna call her Angie or Angela. Um have you asked her? I have. So she goes by both, and I I'm kind of partial to Angie now. Anyway, so Angie uh Is is she your friend? I would say so. So you can call her Angie. She's not so. your friend. You got to call her Angela until you feel like she's okay. your friend. Okay. So, all right. See, so this, I'm definitely this, going Angie This now. conversation right now is a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I'm going to get it in there, baby. <laughs> it's, it, well, it is. Like, George and Jerry are arguing about what to call a person, <laughs> and they have these criteria they have to meet. It's, it's, it's brilliant. All right. Well, this should make you love our podcast even more. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a fan. So I'm going with Angie because I Here. feel like we're friends. Sure. She'll, she'll uh, correct me if we're not. So Angie had a good idea mm -hmm. to ask you, you know, the, the whole idea of the podcast mm -hmm. is we talk about things that we're wrestling with and hopefully come to some sort of solution. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so she wanted to ask what's something that you wrestle with or mm -hmm. struggle with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it's, it's kind of a timely conversation, but um, during this past year, I've preached three different sermons on Sabbath rest mm. And I've become very aware that I am incapable, not incapable, I am unwilling in mm. many ways to rest, to truly rest. Unwilling is a good word. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm restless. And so the idea of Sabbath rest is a wonderful, beautiful gospel picture to me, but I'm, I'm very aware of my inability to do it many, many, many times. And so when you texted me about Clint not being here today, and if I would come on the show, I'd be like, sure. Um, Come on the show, by the way. Like that's kind of a cool, cool thing. But when you and, and you and you ask what should we talk about, I was like, well, I'm at. So next week I begin my my first ever sabbatical. Wow. I'm starting next Monday. I'll be off for about six, seven weeks, and I'm terrified. I'll, I'll tell you this on the way up here. Like I'm I'm terrified of having seven almost almost seven weeks where there's nothing pastoral for me to do, mm. and it's freaking me out. I'm being honest with you. Um, I've told the story before. A couple of years ago, I took two weeks off, which I've never done before consecutively. Mm -hmm. 
And a few days in, I was I was miserable mm. because I knew that I had about 10 days left and I didn't know what I was going to do with my time. So much so that Ginger, my wife, literally told me, just go back to work because you're driving us <laughs> crazy. Because um, and, and, and it's not as though I am I am um, I'm overworked. I just feel like I need something to do all the time. And so resting for me has always been a difficulty because I have a very anxious mind and an anxious heart, and I'm always worried about something. Mm. And I think most people can relate to that in some way. And this year especially has exposed a lot of that um, and how little control I actually have over so many events in my life. And so my ability to rest is a war, or, or my need to rest is a war between weighing out what I actually have control of that I can mm. do something about versus all the things that I worry about and I don't have any control over. And so that's where I really struggle so the Sabbath is hope. This Sabbath, this sabbatical is going to be a, sa- a long Sabbath for me. Right. I celebrate ten years at First Baptist in February of next year, so I'm really excited about that. And God's done some wonderful things, and I don't, I don't regret any of any of what we've done over, over ten years. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of expectations that haven't been met either, and and so I'm, I'm frustrated by that. And so I'm hoping this Sabbath will help me refocus a little bit and figure out how to rest. That's really cool. So you're resting. Mm-hmm. But it's it almost sounds like you're resting for a purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I have I get a day off during the week. Really, this church gives me two days off. Really, Fridays and Saturdays are typically my days off. Um, you you, Sundays is not a day off. No, 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 hardly. <laughs> uh, sometimes Sunday afternoons I get to rest, but sometimes we have meetings and things going on. Um, and look, I don't expect to rest on Sundays. Honestly, that's a work day for me. Mm-hmm. It is as a pastor. Um, it's a work day. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've embraced that, which means I have to find true Sabbath on a different time of the week. So the church gives me Fridays and Saturdays, and, and I don't always take them like I should. You, you, have, you have the inevitable things. You have a, a, a weekend wedding or a funeral or someone's in the hospital. And you, you as a pastor, you have to go and take care of those things. That's just net, that's part of the job. But most weekends, I do have some time to rest. And there isn't anything for me to specifically be doing um, and so the church does afford that to me. And they, they have for 10 years by, by large part left me alone on my days off. They mm-hmm. don't call me. They don't, they've been so good to me. And so that's partly makes me feel guilty sometimes that I have a day off. They've been so good to me. And this is something I do struggle with is when I, I am supposed to be resting, I feel guilty about it. Mm. And I don't know if that's, if that's a sinful thing that's in my heart. It probably is. Um, I haven't identified what the source of that really is yet. Um, but I've always had this feeling in my heart. I don't know if, um, maybe it's just the way I was raised or because I'm an American and, you know, taking off too much time means you're lazy (laughs) and I just, I don't want to feel that way or people think that I'm that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so working and getting up early and going to bed late is a real temptation for me. And I have to be very careful of that. Uh, but even when I'm trying to rest, my mind is racing to other things. Um, so I have a, a, um, a fear that I think drives a lot of my, uh, really motivates oh, that's me. good, yeah. That people are always disappointed with me. Mm. Uh, people can relate. I'm sure people can relate to that. Like, yeah. I'm always going, are they disappointed with me? <laughs> Have I let them down? Have I met their expectations? Mm-hmm. And as a pastor, that is so unhealthy. Right. Because the answer to that is yes. You have disappointed <laughs> someone, you have let someone down, you haven't met someone's expectations. And that just drives me crazy, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so... When I'm supposed to be resting, I'm often thinking, what else can I do to make sure people are satisfied? Mm. And I've, I've just come to learn that that's not a healthy place for me to be. Right. And so this, the sabbatical in some ways is, 
sort of a, a time for me to purge myself of those really toxic thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. and to get past them, hopefully, so I can be healthier. Um, so a couple of clues as a pastor, I don't know if you have any other pastors that are listening to this, but a couple of clues to me a few months ago is I found myself frustrated in prep in, in preparing a sermon. Oh yeah. I love the word of God. I love to preach the word of God. And I found myself in my study kind of frustrated mm. because I wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't something I was looking forward to doing. And I even asked a pastor friend who's been doing it a lot longer than I have. I said, do you ever feel this way sometimes? He's like, yeah, sometimes you get in those seasons. He said, but you can't stay there too long. Right. And I was like, yeah. I said, what do you think I should do? He said, you need to take some, t- some, some, some time off. And, and he said, when I took my sabbatical, he took it for like three months. Mm-hmm. And he said, when I came back, I was so hungry for the word right. to teach it to my people. And so that was the first clue. The second clue, and this is a bit of a transparent part of my life that no one really knows this story, but um, a few months ago, and look, COVID's been rough on everybody, and pastors have faced some, some some hard stuff in their churches. But I remember sitting at dinner one night with my wife, and our three oldest kids were all gone doing something. That It was like a Friday night, and Nick, our, our, our littlest one, was at home, and she and I were just having dinner together by ourselves, and we are just talking and talking about the kids and life and whatever. And she asked me a question, a very direct question. She said, are you happy being a pastor? Mm, that's a good wife. Yeah, and... I had been complaining about something that I had to deal with at the church that I didn't really want to deal with. And, um, and so I said, well, it's not about me being happy. It's about me taking care of this problem that I have. She's like, okay. And she kind of left it alone. So we kept eating and talking. A little while later, I looked at her and said, do you think I'm happy being a pastor? <laughs> and she said, no, I don't. I think, mm. I, I think you're miserable. And I went, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> because she had begun to see it on my face and in my body language and and I was, I stopped talking with hope. Mm-hmm. It was, I felt despair, you know, and a lot of, a lot of that maybe just the, the, the pressures of COVID. And I knew then that I needed to really consider my own heart. Mm. And so I heard a sermon by a pastor and just, God just timed this right. I, I didn't, I didn't um, plan this. Listen to a, a sermon by a pastor who preached from, from Acts 20 when the apostle Paul was addressing the Ephesian elders. It's a, it's a beautiful story. Paul had spent three years in, in Ephesus, right? And he was teaching and planting the church and getting arrested and, you know, doing Paul stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and he's finally time, his time there is, is, is over and it's time for him to go. And the, and the elders are there and he's challenging the Ephesian elders what they should do. And in chapter 20, verse 28, he says, take care of yourself or keep watch on yourself mm. and on the flock of God who he's bought by his blood. Right. Wow. Yeah. And I always overlook that first part. Take care of yourself. It's or, one of those things where experience kind of taught you mm, the meaning of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so it's always, always jump to and take care of the flock of God. Mm-hmm. I never thought to take care of well, keep, keep watch on myself. And I haven't been doing that very well recently in the last couple of years, really. And so COVID has really exposed some of that in my own heart and so now I'm thinking to myself, well, I can't lead my people well if I'm not healthy spiritually. Um, my, my Bible reading was, was empty. My prayer life was empty. Um, I just, I've, I've, I've been feeling this struggle. Mm. And so the sabbatical has been timed, I think, just right for me to, to learn how to rest. And so I told you, on, again, all the way up here, I'm a little worried about the sabbatical <laughs> because sometimes I don't know how to do it. I think I'm, I'm hoping to learn how during this time. That's, man... I 
I appreciate you sharing all that yeah, the yeah. transparency. And that's really what Angela was. I'm sorry, Angie. <laughs> what, <laughs> that's really what she was uh, wanting to get at yeah. is to be able to see our pastors be transparent. Yeah, that yeah. They're peop, you know, yeah. you're a person right. who struggles, who wrestles with these things. Um, one of the things that we have said before on in, in a different episode was that urgency is the enemy to spiritual growth. Yep. And so it's the sense of, and I, I feel like that ties into mm, rest, maybe a different application because it allows you to rest from immediately jumping into something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and taking time, thinking about it, and maybe even recognizing that it's not all on you. Right. And, and I say you, it, I struggle with this as well. Sure. I I noticed that one of the reasons that I don't like rest and my wife, if she was on here, I don't even think she listens, so I can say this. So, <laughs> she would say I'm an expert rester. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. She's she would say you sit right on your in on your chair, you prop up. You're a really good rester. Yeah, yeah you do really good uh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the things I struggle with uh, as it pertains to rest is I'm so concerned with what others think of yeah. me, and I, I kind of heard a little bit of you you talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And it's tied into fear mm-hmm. for me. I'm afraid of what other people think of me. Um, and there's this sense of I have to do it. Yeah. And so there's ego there as well. Um, pride. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let me tell you a quick story. I Actually, this happened to me yesterday. Um, I was watching a video. Uh, one of my favorite songs in Christmas is Labor of Love by Andrew Peterson. It's a oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful song. He's a great artist. He is. He's so good. He's one of the most brilliant artists of our time. Um, and so anyway, there was another video on the list of YouTube that I clicked on. It's called uh, Be, Be Good to Yourself. And he actually wrote the song for his 13-year-old daughter. Wow. Um, because, and he was telling the story about how he has a real fear of people knowing him. Because he says, okay. if people really knew me, no one would like me. Mm. And he has this sort of self-deprecating, it's a false humility. Right, Where right. he feels so rotten and and like he's just not worthy that if people really knew who I was, I wouldn't have any friends. And I've often said that before. Like I say that to the church. I was like, if uh-huh. people really knew who you were, would you have any friends? Mm. And most of us would go, probably not. Because <laughs> right? we know so much about ourselves, right? He was telling this story about um, how he feels this way. And he said, he talked to a pastor friend of his who told him, you know what that is, right, Andrew? That's just another form of self-worship. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, like, yeah. he's right. Like it sounds like humility, or repentance even, mm-hmm. but it's actually just wanting to be worth something to, and, to other people. Right. And when we start asking people to define our worth and our value, we've missed it because mm. God does that for us, right? Yeah. And he loves us. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he's, and that, that's exactly what he said. He said the hardest words, for, the easiest words for me to say to others, but the hardest words for me to hear is trust Jesus and believe he loves you. Wow. And I was like, oh man, I'm about to start crying, you know? Like, <laughs> like he's right. Because yeah. the gospel that I preach on Sundays... Is the gospel. Sometimes I have the hardest time believing myself. Mm. Like, does God love me? Look at all the ways I failed. Mm-hmm. Does God love me? Look at all the ways I haven't met my church's expectations. Look, does God love me? Look at the kind of hypocrite I am when I tell my church, you must rest, you must have a Sabbath, and I don't do it. Right. Like, I, I just think to remember this summer preaching on that commandment. Mm-hmm. And that afternoon, I preached a sermon from my house. It was during COVID. We were, right. we were I live streaming. I preached it at my own house. And that afternoon, I sat down and started working on something for the, for the following week. Uh-huh. I, I re- absolutely refused to do the very thing that I told my church to do. <laughs> I was a hypocrite, a total hypocrite, and right. I knew it, and I still wouldn't stop doing it. And I think that's been a really burden for me is that Jesus loves me, 
And I have to remember that and believe that all the time. Wow, yeah. And my and and I've, I've mentioned this to, I think to you and Clint before about pastors have a real problem with allowing their 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 role as a pastor identify them as a person. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, well, then all of the expectations pile on. And if you don't meet them or if you fail at them, then you're going to feel worthless. Mm-hmm. And so I can't allow that to happen to me. Like I have to be a Christian. I have to be a husband and a father, and even a church member. I don't have to be a pastor. Yeah, I can do something else with my life. I want to be a pastor, and I feel like that's what I will do the rest of my life. But I made a commitment to Jesus. I made a commitment to my wife and my children and even a local church, this local church. Those things are non-negotiable for me. Mm. So when people ask me to identify myself, I'm first a follower of Christ. I'm a husband to Ginger. I'm a father to Alex, Bethany, Nate, and Nick. And I'm a member of First Baptist Church. And then I'm a pastor. <laughs> and I have to do that constantly in my mind, put those in the right order. Mm-hmm. Because when they get out of order, the priorities get realigned in the, in, 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 in the wrong ways. Right. And so to tie this back to rest is I have trouble resting sometimes because I'm always trying to shuffle that order to make it fit for me and the mm. way I want it to work out. And my happiness is so often tied to getting what I want, right? Yeah. And you just have to realize it's not going to happen that way very often. You have to change what you want. And so wanting peace with God and rest with God needs to be what I want. And then that then flows into my ability to serve in the way that he wants me to serve. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really good stuff. Yeah. And um, that's what we want to do today. And that's what I hope you do during your yeah, I sabbatical. Will. I will is to recognize that we have God's love, Amen. that God loves us, and so that we can be a better service to him and others. And until next time, may the Lord make us a channel for his peace.